Well, hey, good evening. We want to welcome you and thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Element City Church, and uh, once again, we've had to kind of take a look at things, and so we're back to meeting online only. Uh, so if you're hearing this now, that means that you figured it out, you know how to tune in, but we want to give you a pro tip. Some of you have asked in the comments, how do I watch this on the big screen? Because we were on Facebook for a while. Now that we've moved to our new online platform, uh, some, some folks have only been able to watch on their iPhone. So Here's your pro tip. If you've got a smart TV and you've got a web browser in it, you navigate to elementscity.online.church. So if you type that in, you can pull up the service. And if you're one of those families and your kids have the Xbox One, or if you've got a PS4, uh, spoiler alert, they also have web browsers where you can get that same website uh, so that you can and watch it on the big screen once again. Uh, but regardless of how you're, you're tuning in, we're just so excited that you chose to spend uh, tonight with us. So a few things as we get started. First of all, we do have our hosts that are gonna be in that comment thread right below the video here. And so our hosts are there to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, there's even a button down there that if you need prayer for something, we'd be so happy to pray with you. So click that button, let us know how we can be praying. We'll be happy to do that. Uh, and then towards the end of our service tonight, you'll see the hosts are gonna post a link uh, in the comments that'll allow you to join us in Zoom. So if you wanna just connect with some people at the church digitally and uh, get a little bit of fellowship, uh, feel free to click the link and join us there. Uh, so tonight we're continuing our summer of prayer series. Uh, David's gonna be speaking tonight and uh, Gabe and the worship team have prepared uh, their, the, uh, some songs for us to sing together. Uh, but before we get started, we wanna start by praying. Uh, one thing we wanna pray for, we wanna continue to pray for uh, our lead pastor, Brian Lee, and his health. Uh, if any of you don't know, he uh, had a few strokes. And so we're just continuing to pray for full healing for him. The good news is... Uh, He's fully healthy. All the tests continue to come back, uh, sadly, a little inconclusive. They don't know what's caused things, um, but they see that his health is great. So we just want to pray that he continues to recover fully. And we also want to pray for our Church of the Week. And our Church of the Week is Redemption Church. So that's a church plant. They're meeting down at Safford Elementary School, kind of downtown in that area. Uh, and a church plant out of Phoenix, actually. So we want to be praying for them. And why do we do this? It's a great reminder that God's at work, not just here at Elements, but in the entire city. And sometimes it's, it's hard to remember uh, that we want to be on the same team as these other churches. And we want to champion the name of Christ. So whether you're joining us, whether you're joining Redemption Church, wherever it is, we just want the gospel to go out and to be preached. And so we're going to continue to pray for these churches that God would move through, the, through them as well. Uh, so join me in prayer as we get ready to worship. So Father, thanks for tonight. Uh, we just pray first and foremost, Jesus, that your name would be lifted up and would be glorified above everything else. You are the God of creation, uh, and you see what's going on in our world. And, and Lord, even though uh, things might be a little crazy right now, you're still in control. And so we trust you. We place all of our hope in you, and we just put our lives before you as, as empty vessels, just ready to be used however you want us to be used out in this world right now. Uh, but as we gather to worship tonight, we want to pray uh, for Brian first and foremost. We just want to ask that you would uh, continue to heal him, that you would put your peace over the Lee family as he continues to recover from this. Uh, but we just look forward to having him back uh, at full health uh, as you continue to work uh, in him uh, and, and get things back to normal for them. 
Uh, and we lift up Redemption Church. We thank you for the work that you're doing through them. Uh, and then for me, being from the Phoenix area, I know that's where they, they birthed out of. Uh, and it's been a church that's had a great impact up in the valley, and here they are in Tucson now. So we just pray for them, that you would allow them to, to find success as they seek to bring the gospel news, the gospel hope of Jesus uh, to downtown Tucson, to people in that area, Lord. We pray for their leadership, that you give them wisdom, that you help encourage them and spur them on on how they can best equip their church uh, and lead them, especially in this COVID season, so that they can continue to make an impact where they're at. Uh, But we just pray for a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon them uh, and on elements as well tonight. So as we get ready to worship, Lord, would you open our hearts uh, to the words that you have for us tonight? Would you just allow us to focus in in a special way right now uh, to worship you, to bring you glory in these songs and to bring you glory as we open your word and study in it uh, and that you would just speak to all of us right where we're at, that you give us tangible things that we can do tonight so that we can be conformed into the image of your son Jesus, to be more like him, to go make a difference uh, where you've placed us here in the city, Lord. So we love you. We're excited for the work you wanna do tonight. We're ready to join you in that, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Me found. Chase 
me down You seek me out How could I be lost when you have called me found Seek me out You seek me out How could I be lost when you have called me found I could turn heart towards Jesus tonight. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break. At your name still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still, every wave. At your darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, breathe, call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again. Praise Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, we sing, oh Jesus,
Sing it out, His promise stands right now. 
Father God, those words are so true. That no matter the way the wind shifts, Lord, that your promise stands there. Great is your faithfulness. And that with the winds blowing all around right now, there's so many opinions and confusion and, and uncertainty, the unknown. We take hope in your son, Jesus. But the resurrection gives us hope. And Father, in some strange, mysterious way, Lord, we pray that the heaviness and the shadows of some of these times, some of these chapters, Lord, would move your church, would move your people so that maybe, just maybe, when this is all said and done, that our lights would be a little bit brighter, and that our hearts would beat a little bit faster to accomplish bringing your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. May we not carry that mission lightly. May we take our hope in your son, Jesus, May our lives continue to become more like your heart. We love you. We worship you. We thank you for this church, for this body of believers. In all the spots that we physically are right now, we are one. Thank you. Amen. Good afternoon and good evening, all of Element City Church. So good to be with you guys again. I uh, got a few questions for you. Are your love tanks running a little dry? Is your energy a little down? Is, is your spirit a little bit blah? Well, join the crowd. This is something we're all facing, we're all experiencing, but we need to keep pressing into Jesus, keep worshiping him, and begin to fix our eyes on him. He's the author, he's the perfecter, he's the pioneer that goes before us and teaches us how to live through times like these, amen? So uh, we're continuing our series, uh, The Summer of Prayer, and again, we're keeping it focused on prayer because really, again, prayer is so foundational, prayer is so important that we have to constantly seek to focus on it, to lean into it, and to press into it because uh, it's, it's an uphill, it's an upstream kind of journey where if you don't keep paddling, probably what's gonna happen is the current is gonna begin to take you in a backwards direction. And tonight we're gonna talk about the hindrances of prayer. But before I do, I wanna uh, recap a little bit from last week of what Jack said. Jack said a lot of important, good things, and I just wanna reiterate some of them. He, first of all, he, he made a couple of good quotes. Uh, the first one by Dallas Ward says, God speaks most clearly 
to those who are meditating on his word most consistently. Now think about that. What did you do when you heard that last week? Have you begun to get into the gospels again? Have you begun to begin to meditate on Jesus and to begin to stay consistent with that prayer and with that focus and with that meditation? Because without that consistency, you're not going to hear God. And that's in fact one of the reasons why uh, people are hindered in prayer. They're not consistently listening. They're only listening when it seems, uh, when their energy is up. They're only listening maybe when there's a need or, or there's a pressing issue. When they feel like it, they try to listen. But the reality is we need to be consistently coming before him every day. And the more we do that consistently, the more we're gonna consistently hear him. Another good quote, Uh, that he quoted, and this was from Tozer. He said, the Bible is not only a book which was once spoken, but a book which is now speaking. Again, the word of God is the perfect place to put yourself. You see, if you wanna hear from God, you get yourself in front of the word, you pray and open yourself up to the spirit and open up yourself to Jesus, the word of God himself, and now he's going to be filling your head. He's gonna be prompting you with thoughts, and ideas, and feelings, and plans, and purposes, and this is how God will begin to speak to you. He'll speak to you in a way, most times uh, anyway, in a way that you'll think it's maybe even your own thoughts. But the reality is, if you think again, once again, these conversations that we have with people, right, where we engage in conversation back and forth, or where let's say we're planning a trip together. By the end of the discussion, We've got a plan and we've got ideas that we've thought through, but by the end of it, we're not really sure who said what. It's now our plan. And that's what partnership with Jesus is all about. That's what listening to the Father is all about. It's about coming into partnership with him and by, the, and by abiding in that place and coming into that place, ultimately your thoughts, your plans, your purposes, your heart, your will, your desire, they become united with his. And now they're almost indistinguishable. Your will and his will, your heart and his heart become one. And now it's just about living out of joy, living out of thanksgiving and walking out what we feel God continually filling us up with. Amen? All right, so if you feel hindered in prayer, once again, you're not the only one. Everybody is constantly hindered in prayer. In fact, if you go to our, our YouTube uh, channel, Element City Church, uh, in, in the prayer series that's on there, I did a little message on talking about the five, the top five hindrances to prayer. And I'm not gonna reiterate some of that stuff, but I wanna give that to you to go there and, and add to what I'm talking about tonight. Um, but the reality is, I want you to ask yourself another question. Why are you letting those hindrances persist in your life? What, what have the hindrances been? In other words, are you consistent at praying? And I would say most believers, if they're honest with themselves, would have to raise their hand and say, you know what, my prayer life is really not that consistent. Even if you were to do it and make time for it on a regular basis, a lot of times what happens during that time is that you're distracted with thoughts, you're distracted with weariness, you're distracted with maybe the busyness of what that day might hold, and the consistency of intimacy and prayer is really not very consistent. And so the question really needs to be asked by every one of you, why is my prayer life not consistent? And again, what's 
hindering you. And I want to tell you something. Everything in this life is hindering you. From the time you were born to the family you were, you were raised in, to the way you go to school, to the way you come home, everything in this nation, everything in our culture, and, and most people growing up in their very homes were not taught a lifestyle of prayer. Prayer was once again kind of a Hail Mary pass that you threw out every now and then when you needed to, to, to try to win the game in the last second. But the reality is prayer is meant to be intimacy, it's meant to be powerful, and it's meant to be, be bring you into the very presence of God. And if that's not being experienced as a child, think about it. Maybe you came to Christ at 16 or 18 or 20 or maybe in your 30s, whatever that may have been. If, if it, all those years you were being taught that prayer is not that important. But the reality is prayer is not only powerful, it's political. One of the biggest misconceptions in our culture that's being taught to us and being kind of shoved down our throat all the time is that prayer is private. Prayer is not private. Prayer is political. Prayer is impacting the world around me and it's impacting people around me. And when I pray, it should be dangerous to those that are around me. Do you, do you understand that prayer is not just this private thing between me and God and, and, and it's, only gonna, it's only gonna impact me. No, prayer impacts the political landscape. Prayer impacts the church. Prayer impacts the city. Prayer impacts those at my, at my work and where I go and who, who I hang out with, my family, my children, everything. In other words, God, Jesus even taught. He says, when you go and you pray in secret, when the Father sees you praying in secret and connecting with him and, and, and doing this intimate thing with him and your heart being transformed, he says, then I'm going to reward you openly. In other words, everybody's gonna know what your prayer life consists of because there's gonna be things that are happening all around you that are evidence of those prayers. So the misconception that prayer is private is wrong. Prayer is public. Prayer is political. Prayer is powerful and it's meant to impact the earth. And the reality is very few Christians really see their prayer life impacting the world, not only in their life, but in the lives of those around them. So what's hindering you? What's stopping you from becoming consistent and dedicated to prayer? And not just having time, but a time that's rich in the presence of God, that's rich in you hearing from God and that's rich in seeing you reward you openly all around you all throughout your life. It's, it's partly because we struggle to have a proper perspective of prayer. You see, prayer is also, in the Psalms particularly, it's shaped in a way of protest, right? We see a lot of protests today, and America has had a long history of protesting its government or protesting businesses. And the reality is when people protest something, what they're saying is that something has power. That something has power and that something has responsibility and we want them to change or we want them to do something they're not currently doing and so they protest. And the book of Psalms teaches us a lot about prayer and it teaches us that that's the way we're to approach God. You see, I'm not so worried about protesting my government. Why? Because I don't see them as having the power. I see Jesus as the one on the throne and he has the power to impact my life and the lives of those around me. And so I protest him. Now, why would I protest him? 
I would protest him when there's a conflict between who I know God is, what I know his will to be in the earth, and then the reality of what I see in the earth, or what I see in myself, or what I see in my family, or whatever. You see, the believer, if you're a believer in Jesus, prayer constantly makes you face two factual realities. The reality that you see and experience in the world and the reality that you know to be true because of the cross and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus and the fact that his kingdom is going to come and the fact that his kingdom in one sense is already here and yet we wait for its consummation still yet to come. You see, I'm constantly in this tension of what I know to be the truth but what I see as being the current reality. And when those two things don't match up, then the people of God should be dropping to their knees and protesting the Father and saying, let your kingdom, let your will come into this reality. Because while these factual things that we see and experience are true, they are not the whole truth. The whole truth involves Christ on the throne and him being able to speak into and move into these situations. Let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 18. And this is one of the few stories that Jesus tells where there's no mystery to the story, right? Some of the parables, you have to kind of sit there and wrestle with them and what does he mean by this and what does he mean by that? In this little short parable, in this little short story, the point is given to you two times. You can't miss it. This is a very important story when it comes to hindrances in prayer. Jesus told them, here we go. Jesus told them a story you see, again, the news media are telling you a lot of stories, telling you what's important, telling you what's wrong, telling you what's right, telling what you should protest and what you should not. But now we need to listen to the King of Kings. You see, he's the one who learned to pray, who did pray, and continues to pray on the throne for you today and for us today and teaching us how to approach him. So he told him a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and to never quit. Do you get the point of the story? I haven't even gotten to the story yet, but you get the point of the story. Jesus has taught this over and over again throughout the Gospels. When Jesus teaches on prayer, there's almost always this word on, he's telling you this story so that you'll not give up. Because you know what the biggest hindrance to prayer is? Giving up. When you stop praying or you pray very little, that is going to be the biggest hindrance to your prayer walk, to your prayer life, to the lifestyle of prayer. You see, it's to those that have been given, more will be given. But to those who have little, even what little they have, pretty soon they'll lose even that. Most people, they, they ramp up in their prayer life, they focus on prayer, and at some point and at some time, something comes against them and knocks them back down, and pretty soon they're prayerless again. Pretty soon their life is not, if, if they, even if they are still trying to pray, it's not filled with joy, it's not filled with peace, it's not filled with the power of God moving in their prayers. And so he tells the story and he says, listen, it's of utmost necessity that you pray consistently and never quit. And he said, there was once a judge in some city who never uh, gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. Now, how did that guy get to be a judge? He didn't care about God and he didn't care about people and yet 
Here he sits on a throne of, a, of authority judging people in this city. This is the kind of judge he's describing. You see, that was common back then, and that's common today. That will probably never change. The judge, you see, justice is an interesting thing, and there's a lot of talk lately about justice, and so I wanna talk just, a, just for a minute about that. In other words, the unjust can never bring justice. Now think about that for a moment. If people are unjust themselves, then why do they think they can bring justice? Or why do you think they are so insistent in telling you what you should do to bring justice? You see, the unjust can't bring justice. Why? Several reasons. First of all, the kind of justice that our country and other countries and every nation in the world tries to bring is not true justice. True justice, first and foremost, is focused on the just giver, the one and only who is just, which is Jesus Christ. And there is no government, there's never been a nation that has truly surrendered everything to that just judge. They try to do their own justice in their own way and in their own limited capacity. And that's the other thing about justice. How do you know what is just unless you have all the facts? Who has all the facts? Nobody. There's only one just king, and that one just king has all the facts on every person, every situation, every government, every judge, every police officer, every personal person in the world. He has all the facts. He and he alone knows what is just. Third, his justice is not based on a retribution principle. In other words, giving people what they deserve, and that's the goal of justice. In our earth and in our government, and again, we're not alone in this, the best mankind can do is give people what they deserve. And that always leads to a Hatfields and McCoy kind of a, kind of a lifestyle. It's tit for tat. It's, well, they did this and they did that and I'm better than they are and well, no, they're the bad guys. No, they're the bad guys. And it creates war. It creates oppression. It creates injustices. But Jesus, his justice is based on mercy and grace and forgiveness. And ultimately, he demonstrated his type of justice on the cross where he decided not to give you what you deserve but to give you mercy instead. And that he would take the penalty. He would pay the price. You see, and, and as Christians and as followers of Jesus and as, and as looking at Jesus as being the pioneer who goes before us, he teaches his people, this is the kind of justice I want you to bring into the earth. Not a retributive kind of, kind of justice where we're trying to call out everybody's faults and everybody's crimes and make sure they get what they deserve but rather we're to come with forgiveness. We're to come with grace. We're to come with mercy and to make our enemies our friends. That's the justice of Jesus. And that's the kind of justice that our world simply does not know very much about. And finally, it's based on love. You see, it's not based on love for an individual, for, for my brother, my mom, uh, the, the people who I identify with. No, it's based on love for all. Jesus' justice is based on love of all of humanity. 
And that is why he died for all of humanity. So as to bring the justice of God to every person. Because it would be filled with mercy. It would be filled with grace. It would be, it would be given to them like a gift. And for all those that would receive that gift, he says, then I would give you the power to be called sons and daughters of God. What justice, the just king, the one who knows all, the one who can do all, the only one who could administer that justice is Jesus. And this is why we cannot be hindered in prayer. This is why we must persist in praying and seeking his face like he's teaching in this story. Let's continue. There was once a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. And then there was this widow in that city that kept coming to him, kept after him. You see, a widow back in that time, probably what happened is her husband died. They had a certain probably property and business and whatever, and people around were looking to now take advantage of that widow because she probably didn't know all the ins and outs. She legally probably had a lot of limitations, and so she was easy prey for those looking to seek power, land, and authority. And so she was coming, even to this unjust judge, she kept coming to him day and night. And she says this, she says, my rights are being violated, protect me. Another version says, grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. You see, that's the heart cry really of every human being. When you're being oppressed, you want somebody to step in. You want somebody to hear your cry so that your life can be sustained. You're not oppressed until, until you lose everything. But here again, interesting how we see justice and how we see the oppressor. Who is truly the oppressor? It isn't just the corporate America. It isn't just the police department. It isn't just uh, the rich. It isn't just those of different classes and different cities and different countries and different nations. There is a true oppressor, and he oppresses through the power of sin and temptation. You see, every one of you are being oppressed right now. You're being oppressed with sin and temptation. You're being oppressed with deceptions and lies that tells you prayer is not that important. Why keep praying? Why keep asking? Why keep trusting in God? Look at you, you're not good enough. Look at you, you fall into that same sin over and over and over again. You've become bound and oppressed by that temptation and by that sin. And it's now controlling your life and keeping you from living the way you want to live with God. And so I ask you, friend, it's time to pray. It's time to get consistent and to overcome those strongholds that are in your life. Right now, many of you, you're feeling tired you're feeling weary, you're feeling angry, you're feeling unforgiveness, you're, you're feeling confusion, you're feeling frustrated. You have all these things that are seeking to oppress you. You see, open your eyes to the real oppressor. It's not the things that are out there. It's how you look at those things out there and what it does in your heart and how it causes you now to live, how it causes you now to focus on all the wrong things. It causes you to think about justice in the wrong ways. We have to look to Jesus. He is the only one who is just. He is the only one who knows what justice is. And he's the only one with the power and authority to bring justice into the earth. 
And when he does it, he always does it with this foundational flood of grace and mercy to all who would turn to him. And this is where the focus must be. It is on the proclamation of the gospel. If, if you want to be resisted, if you want to experience a lot of, of temptation and oppression, get serious about prayer, get serious about proclaiming the gospel, get serious about making disciples of others. And you're going to find yourself hindered all the time in prayer. You're going to be buffeted again and again and again. Let's continue the story. He says, he never gave her the time of day, this unjust judge. He never gave her the time of day. But after this, he went on and on and he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks. This is how most judges think. <laughs> Even less of what people, some, uh, what, what people think. But because this widow won't quit badgering me. I'd better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beaten black and blue by her pounding. Another version says, by her unending pleas. Now listen to the next verse. Then the master said, then Jesus said, do you hear what the judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? Do you hear what he's saying? I'm telling you this story for one purpose. Do you hear what this unjust judge is saying? He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about justice. He doesn't care about people. But if somebody comes and persistently comes again and again and again, he'll give them what they want. You see it in our world today, do you not? Those that go and go and go and yell and yell and yell, eventually they get some of what they want. It doesn't matter whether it's right, wrong, indifferent, just or unjust. People are just willing to do it. You see, parents do this with their children as well, right? Every parent knows you don't give everything the child wants all the time. Every, every parent knows this. But when the child gets persistent and gets focused on something, then the parent is usually willing to go out of their way to make sure they get it. There's just, there's just something in the human heart that says, I wanna give this person because they so desperately want it. This is what is being taught in this prayer. This is what's being taught in this story. He says, uh, because, uh, because the woman won't quit badgering and I, I'd better do something that she gets justice, otherwise I'm gonna end up being beaten black and blue by her pounding. Then the master says, do you hear what the judge, this corrupt as he is, says? So what makes you think that God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet, but how much of that kind of persistent faith will the son of man find on the earth when he returns interesting right Jesus wonders I wonder how people are going to respond when I leave and I wonder how they're going to respond all these hundreds and a couple thousand years later I wonder how they're going to think then I wonder how they're going to pray then because it's gonna seem like I've been gone for a long time. But the reality is, he didn't go anywhere. Jesus is not far away. 
in one sense, we are not waiting for him to return. Remember when they, he gives the, uh, the great commission and he tells him to go into every nation and what does he promise? And I will be with you until the end of the age. You see, there's a real sense in which we are not waiting for Jesus to return. He's already returned in the spirit and he sees and he hears and he knows what is just and he knows what his children need and he knows what they want. The question is, do you know what you want? Do you know how to approach him like this woman? This widow, right? The reason he picked a widow is because she had no standing. She had no power. She had no authority. She was helpless. And we too are often helpless, especially against the oppressor who oppresses us with sin and deception and, and, and all kinds of things to buffet us, to come against us so that we would quit praying. Friends, my encouragement to you tonight, there's a reason why you're struggling in prayer. And it's because it's so very important. Why, are you, why is it so hard? Because it's so important. Well, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and now I find myself not. It's important. Let me tell you the story so that you'll always remember that you must persistently pray. Overcome all hindrances. Seek me day and night and see if I don't give you what you ask. When you ask it, according to my will and in my name. This is our encouragement from the very words of Jesus. Let us become like this persistent widow, not just as individuals, but as a corporate body. What would that really look like? Let's be honest, friends. Are we that kind of church, really? Are we that persistent? Are we that unified? Are we clear on what it is we're asking for? Or is it just all random and what everybody individually wants? What do we really want? And what do we really, really want to see happen in our city and in our lives and in our families? There's too much at stake. It's too important. And so we must learn to stay persistent and pray always in faith. Not doubting, not, 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 not getting faint-hearted and giving up, but trusting that he is the one who is the only one who is just. He has the power to bring justice and when his kind of justice comes, everyone is blessed. Forgiveness comes to all. All debts are paid. And the oppression that you're experiencing, whether it's fear or lust or pride or whatever, you become set free. And it's all because of a gift. It's all because of a lawgiver who loves to bless his children with an abundance of gifts and blessings. This is why we pray. This is why we must overcome the hindrances and we must overcome them in Jesus' name, amen? Listen, we're getting ready to worship and in this last song, again, whether you do it now, whether you do it later, I know you're at home, it may be a convenient time, it may not be a convenient time, but when you have time to sit down and listen to this song and sit down and ask yourself the question, what's hindering me? What's hindering me from hearing the words of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one true just king, the one good judge in all the earth is Jesus. And I need to hear his words 
So pray with me right now that this week and the weeks continuing, we as a body of Christ would become more consistent in prayer and that when we become more consistent, we would begin to hear him more clearly, more powerfully, and more unified in a way that would truly impact our city and and, and those around us in Jesus' name. So Father, it is your word. This is the story your son Jesus told his first disciples. Listen, I I know it's gonna get tough praying. The longer it goes, it's gonna get harder. The longer I'm away, you're, you're gonna wanna get weary. But I'm telling you, if an unjust judge will give mercy and give justice to a widow, how much more your heavenly father will speak when you're ready to listen. Father, we declare tonight, we wanna listen. Come and speak to us in the power of your spirit. It is a desperate hour, it is so important. We need to hear from you and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.
Father, we pray that one thing. Lord, may you move us this week to be listeners, to stop, to pause, to find your guidance, and to begin to change, to begin to know you more. We love you. Hey, Elements, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. Uh, excited that you were able to have a chance to sign in. Uh, I want to encourage everyone, if you have a chance, if you're looking for connection uh, or encouragement, uh, there's a link uh, in, in the, uh, the live stream below. Take a look at that. We'll have uh, some of our leaders available just to connect, uh, hang out a little bit, see how you guys are doing. Uh, other than that, have an awesome 4th of July, and we'll, uh, we'll see you online next week. Thanks.